Welcome to the Kick Pod, your weekly DNM on the stuff that matters. One, two, three, four. Hello. Hi, Lizzie. Oh, we did it again. Double hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you going? I am going good. We are recording this intro on a Friday today. Mm. And changing it up, you changing know. Changing it up. And we're just excited. It's I'm <laughs> excited it's Friday. I'm so excited. Even though the weather this weekend is going to be not as good as it has been, I am loving <clears throat> running. Oh, there's Bill. I am run, loving <laughs> running in the rain at the moment. So I'm going to do that. <laughs> Good, well, good on you. You know what? I'm I'm not going to promise you that I'm going to try, but I'll think about it. I'll do that for you. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. And for yourself. But I also, <laughs> I find with running in the rain, one thing, if you are going to do it, you can get, it's not good. Um, sometimes you can get sick because you get very cold. So just make sure yes. if you do it, you have, get your clothes off as soon as you get inside. Yes. That's my. Uh, get, get your clothes off as soon as you get inside. <laughs> obviously have a shower. Okay, I was going to say, wouldn't that make you more cold? <laughs> Obviously, have a shower, but take the cold clothes off. I don't know where yes, this is going right. and I don't need it to continue. So uh, how are you with your special share for the week? Okay, that was, that was really nice. <laughs> um, my special share this week is going to be the Michael Jordan documentary um, that's been slowly fed out through Netflix and it's really, really awesome. I'm not like a massive NBA fan, um, but I do, I do I enjoy watching the basketball when it is randomly on or if I'm watching something. But it's just really interesting to learn a little bit more about his career and all his teammates and everything and how the Chicago Bulls team like kind of came together. And it's just been really interesting. I'm really enjoying it. Well, Dawson's actually been watching that and I have taken no notice, so maybe I should. Oh. Um, I think he's finished, though, so it doesn't really help. I have to watch it by myself. Anyway, would you like to know my special share? Yeah, sure. Go on. <laughs> so my special share is actually, it's a funny one because, first of all, it's two, and second of all, it hasn't come out yet, so I know it's going to be good, though. I'm anticipating my special share this week. So <laughs> firstly, Working Mums is coming out in five days. Oh, the yes. new season. <gasps> yes. Stop. Yes. No, don't stop because I want it to come out. I, want it, I just, I'm so excited. <laughs> For anyone that hasn't heard us speak about it before, it's just, a, it's a show about, I think this, is there five mums? I can't remember how many there are. Five working parents. Yeah. Five, yeah. Five. It's just, it's funny. It's one of those things. It's like as much as we can't personally relate to them because we are not mums. I feel like we both put ourselves in the shoes of if we were a mum, and then suddenly we can relate. It's really good. It's a good show. Yeah, it takes the. It shows that from a different perspective from all of the mums in different. Yeah, it's just. I feel like you will relate most most likely to one or two or three of them, and and you really. I don't know. I find myself crying a lot in that show, but really love it, and it's also funny. And then the other one that's coming out is Michelle Obama is releasing a documentary I think it is on I think it's on Netflix but I don't know when that's coming out so that's more of an open-ended share whereas the other one so maybe that could be a share when it comes out well maybe I just made it one now so um (laughs) yes but Working Mums is coming out on May the 6th so yeah anyway (laughs) let's get into the podcast yes this is I reckon this is one of the worst intros of all time only because of me not you I've really just gone off here so (laughs) 
today's podcast. It's going to improve from here, we promise, because we have got today the very inspiring and bundle of sunshine, Dara Hayes, also known as DJ Tiger Lily. Dara is an extremely successful international DJ and an incredible advocate for wellness and leading a healthy lifestyle. We speak about getting through the hard years of not quite knowing what we want to do after high school, how she balances the life of a DJ and her health, overcoming self-doubt and becoming confident in who you are. We thoroughly enjoyed this podcast and we hope you guys do too. Hello and welcome to the Kickpod. <laughs> Hi gorgeous girls, how are you both? Very, very good. You have such a beautiful, beautiful contagious smile, I must say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's very nice to chat to you. Thank you. It's so nice to see your faces. It's honestly really lovely to just have like continuing human interaction. I know our social interaction has been just quashed lately. And mm. so whenever I get to do something like this, it's awesome. Like zooming your friends or influencer friends, social media friends. It's so nice because we're just missing out on all of this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can't thank you enough for your time. How are you going at the moment? Thanks for having me on the show. Um, I'm going well, actually. Like, it's been interesting, um, as most people will know, a lot of people's work mm. has been affected in this period of time and being a DJ um, and a performer. I was booked up until New Year's Eve. Mm. Actually, I was booked into next year and everything has been cancelled and or postponed. So it's been a massive change for me, that's for sure. Um, but I'm still definitely busy. I'm still doing lots of live sets, um, lots of live conversations, recording podcasts. I get to spend time with my boyfriend and my dog now, which is like the best thing ever. Um, so I'm still really busy. I think mentally it's been really interesting thinking about um, what I am and who I am without being a DJ and a performer. I didn't realize how much self I attached to my work and so it's been an interesting process. Some days I have like a midlife crisis and I'm like <laughs> crying to my boyfriend, like, what do I do without my music? And he's like, yeah. you'll be okay. It's not that bad. <laughs> and then other days I'm like, yeah, I've got this. This is totally amazing. I'm fine. So look, it's been a bit like this from an emotional mm. perspective, um, but I've been keeping busy and healthy, yeah. which is the most important yeah. thing. I think the most amazing thing with music, um, as you said before, how you've been able to do those lives and stuff like that, you're still being able to kind of keep up with some sort of normality, but it must be different not traveling. And I know you're usually so go, go, go and, and got tours and everything going on. So it must be different to slow that right down. Yeah, it's a blessing in some respects because I'm mm. sleeping. I'm a really good sleeper. I sleep like nine to 10 hours a night. So I am wow. just hammering out the sleep. It is amazing. <laughs> But um, I definitely uh, don't really think I was expecting to miss it so much. Um, mm. A lot of my fellow DJ friends and I, we always whinge. We're like, we work so hard. No one <laughs> sees how hard we work. You know, we're on all weekend, every weekend. And then we come home and during the week we're in the studio. We're doing interviews, all this stuff. So it's like similar to you guys, a 24-hour job. Um, but you also have to miss out on your weekends. And so we were always begging for like time off and now mm. we have the time off and a lot of <laughs> us are like, no, hang on, <laughs> we want to go back to it. What are we doing? <laughs> oh, anyway, it's been interesting. 
It's, I think it's always the way when we're told we're not. I, I mean, Steph and I are quite the same in that we love having our weekends at home. But I think when you're told you, you can't do something, you're, you're, you kind mm. of just want to do it. It's like I wouldn't usually want to go out, but now I do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, absolutely. It's so funny. Even from like a social perspective, it's like I wouldn't normally, I love seeing my friends, don't get me wrong, but like a big night partying, I can't do that anymore. And Mm. so, but now I'm like, I want to go on a boat party. I want to go to a club. (laughs) I want to go to a house party. I want to have a wine night and a wine tasting night and a painting and wine tasting night. I want all of it. (laughs) I can't have any of it. (laughs) And you've obviously been bringing so much joy to people through your live videos, which is amazing. But we'd love to know how have you found joy for yourself in this time? Mm, That's such a beautiful question. And thank you because... It's been very fun DJing for everyone. (laughs) I honestly think my dog has been my savior throughout this period of time. And you girls can both probably relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think for the first um, and probably most important reason is that like, I have to go out twice a day with him for exercise. So it's like Mm. he's kept me moving. Um, But then second of all, he's so fun to watch. He's so fun to play with, whether we're playing ball or tug of war or I'm trying to attempting to teach him new tricks. Like he's just fun. And I think having a pet really brings you into the present moment, you know, like on Netflix, you can just be like chilling out and a bit brain dead. But when you're playing with your pet, it's just so fun. So he's honestly been a savior for me during this period. I don't know how people have done it without dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or some kind of companion. I totally agree. I Mm. think they, um, they are little blessings. Absolutely. So entertaining. Yeah. And even like a lot of my girlfriends live alone and I don't know how they've done that. I think it would be really challenging even mm. um, like, of course, you can Zoom like your family or even like see your parents if they like live by themselves. Um, but yeah, I don't know how like Scott for mm. me has been a massive support, especially like when I've been having days where I'm questioning what I am without my career. Mm. So it's been um, it's been very good to have both of them. Yeah, totally. Mm. Now. We obviously want to go into your DJing career because you're a massive inspiration in the music industry for a lot of women out there. Um, But before we dive into that, I would love for you to open up a little bit maybe about your childhood or your journey, I suppose, um, in life before DJing. Mm, Awesome. I love talking about this. I think it's really important, um, like the effect that your childhood has on shaping who you are. Hmm. So my parents are legends. They're so (laughs) awesome. (laughs) Um, They are all about being outdoors. They're really healthy, really active, sporty, chilled people. Um, Mm. And so we had a really outdoorsy, active childhood. Um, They live on a beach in Sydney. um, So we were at the beach a lot. Um, While all these other families were going on holidays to like the Gold Coast theme parks, we were going hiking in like the snowy mountains. <laughs> nice. And as much as like I resented that as a kid, I was like, I just want to go to Bali or I just want to go to Dreamworld. And instead we were going like hiking in Tasmania or whatever. Um, as much as I resented that, I think it's definitely shaped the person that I am. And it's definitely given me um, the values that I have today, which is really awesome. 
Um, I think my parents always taught me to be really open-minded, but to make informed decisions with the information that I do have. So they've really encouraged me to learn and to keep learning and then to, you know, make decisions based on that. So I think I had a really nice upbringing that was really outdoorsy and just easy and normal. And I think that that's been a really great, I suppose, starting point for me because it's made Mm. me really realize now, despite um, crazy traveling schedules or I don't know what it might be, big parties, dealing with like Mm. famous DJs, all this kind of stuff, it's made me know and realize what's important. And so it's like, I can say that I'm so excited to be mowing the lawn with my boyfriend because it's like (laughs) we're just outside in the sun doing a nice thing together. So I think it's definitely made me appreciate the simple things um, in life, which is really nice. That's so nice to hear. I I think that's also what this time is kind of for me personally, I I live right near a park and I love looking outside and seeing all the kids playing and and, and not just being on their phones. Like it's so nice. And I feel like we're so lucky. We all grew up around the same time that we did get that time outside Mm. before technology was introduced. (laughs) I am so nervous for having Mm. kids. Mm. I don't know what we are going to do. Like and kids are smart and they're switched on and they are. all their friends are going to have technology and I'm not opposed mm-hmm. to them having technology, but the way I see kids just obsessed, like mm. walking down the street, like with like mm. an iPad here, just, it makes me very nervous. Oh, totally. I have that thought all the time because um, as much as my brother and I, you know, we were fortunate, we had Nintendos and stuff like that. Mm. We also played outside a lot. Like we were sent outside and we just had to do something sometimes we put the trampoline up against the fence and just ran around in circles (laughs) like anything really but we we made we made do with the space that we had um but I do often think that as well about having kids but I almost think that our generation I suppose around that we're all in our 20s and everything that kind of age group I feel we have seen um I suppose it how exciting technology is and have dabbled in it as a kid and obviously grown up with it but I feel like if you maybe the the parents that are say in their 40s or 50s now and they have young kids it is a very quick like oh here this will keep you busy like here you go 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 because we are all in that go 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 life but I feel like because we're in our 20s and we're kind of watching that happen Mm -hmm. and we knew the childhood that wasn't really like that and that wasn't really that long ago like our childhood was you know 10 to 15 years ago um I feel like maybe our generation's the one that might pull it back a little bit, even mm. though there's going to be so much more mm. available by mm. the time we have kids. Um, I feel like there's going to be maybe that balance might be brought back. I don't know. It's hopeful. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to think that that is hopeful. Um, Scott and I have talked about it and we think that if you just say, like you do that reverse psychology. So you know how like, I don't know, if you say don't go on your phone, the kids are going to want to go on their phone. <laughs> You just have to kind of use that and maybe be like, when I was young, the coolest kids were just surfing and out on their bike. Oh, they were so cool. And make it just like so cool to be just outside on your bike or on the on a surfboard. I'm going to um, check in with you both in however many years, maybe just like 15 years. See how we're going. When you have kids and <laughs> we're all going to be like, shut up, Jimmy. Yeah. Just go and listen to the iPad. Yeah. <laughs> Get on your iPad. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, um, you also went to a really studious school, didn't you? Mm, yeah, I went to a selective school, um, which was awesome. 
because there were like no behavioral problems, all girls. We were all super nerdy, um, which was nice because we all had like really similar interests, which was being nerdy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it also did give me a really nice opportunity to explore my personality. So I think in the primary school, I um, obviously went to like a beaches school. So everyone was like, tall, blonde, skinny, tanned. And I was like really short with like dark brown hair and I wasn't very cool. I don't think I was like into nerdy things like music and playing chess and (laughs) gymnastics. Like I wasn't like out there, like doing the cool stuff that the cool kids were doing. And so then I think when I was able to go to high school, I went to a school and I didn't know anyone, like not one person in that whole school. So I was just able to be myself, which is like probably pretty out there and Mm -hmm. like be proud of who I was and the fact that I did enjoy different things. Um, And it wasn't really looked down upon that I was really into playing in the orchestra or like the stage band because it was kind of just cool to be yourself. So that was really, really nice. However, it did definitely put a lot of pressure on me. Um, So there was like 200 girls in my year and I think like 50% of us got over or got into like the top 2% of the state, which when you're looking at the ATAR, it's like 98 and above. Like it's a lot of pressure. And that was fine. Like I studied well, got an awesome score. But then they don't really say, oh, you can go and be a DJ. It was Mm. like, you can be a lawyer or a doctor. Mm. So I went and studied dentistry and I was like, well, this sucks. No (laughs) offense to dentists. I really wanted to be a dentist. Like I love Mm. teeth. Teeth are great. But (laughs) I was just, I first year in and I was like, this is not for me. And Mm. so I was lucky enough to be confident enough to step away from that. But I can see how a lot of people that do end up at a selective school get pressured into doing Mm. careers that they might not really feel or fulfills them. And actually a lot of my girlfriends who I'm still in like very close contact with have had big career changes in the last couple of years because we're 10 years out of high school now. And they're like, shit, I have been an accountant or a doctor for 10 years and I am over it. I'm going to go and work for a charity or become a yoga teacher or Mm. study health and naturopathy. So yeah, it definitely wasn't a good and an interesting start to um my like adult life and I suppose for a lot of a lot of people listening right now they'll relate to that I think we speak about a lot the pressure after high school of knowing what you want to do so Mm. you got into your dentistry course you got an amazing ATAR it's so hard to get into that course how did you I suppose have the confidence to think hang on maybe this isn't for me even though you'd kind of worked or we've kind of been made to believe we worked that for, for that for our whole life Um, how did you pivot and go, hang on, I'm actually going to become a DJ. I really love music. What gave you the confidence? So I didn't do a full pivot and like walk out the uni door and throw (laughs) my books in the air. (laughs) Wasn't that badass. I, um, I actually changed degrees. So I was lucky enough to get a good enough score, which could let me pretty much do like whatever I wanted. And so I went and did a media comms degree with um, a double major in marketing and sociology. And so I was like, all right, mum and dad, I'm just going to change degrees to something (laughs) that might be a bit more suited to my personality. Um, And so then while I did that, I started to learn to DJ and I just learned in my bedroom. And then in 2011, which was 
a year out of high school, I um, entered this competition called Your Shot, which we have in Sydney, Melbourne, Brizzy and Perth. And pretty much the competition lets young people learn how to DJ. And then at the end of the six week, like training period, they, um, they have like a mini festival where everyone competes against one another. And I ended up coming second in that, which was awesome. And that kind of gave me a kickstart into the DJ industry, but I did still finish my uni degree. So I wasn't like, I'm quitting uni. I'm done with that. <laughs> I um, still slogged it out for another four years at uni and finished that. And then I was like, okay, now I can finally pursue my passion. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Mm. That's so good though. It's like you... You kind of, were you still doing it um, as a backup or is it more just like, I've started this, I'm going to finish it? Honestly, it was like the selective school mentality in me. Mm. It was like, you cannot not have a degree. I think two girls out of my whole year didn't go to university mm. and they went to study in colleges somewhere. Um, like mm. there was no TAFE, there was no like... Um, trades there was none of that like no one did it so it just Mm. seemed I think that was like so ground into me from school that like you had to get a degree and in hindsight I probably wouldn't have done it the way I did it because it's a lot of money and a lot of time to spend doing something that you're probably not going to use again and I'm, I highly, highly, highly doubt I'll use that degree. And realistically, it's a media comms degree, which means now it's pretty outdated if I'm not using it on a day-to-day basis doing journo stuff. So, uh, yeah. But you know what? It did teach me diligence and time mm, management. That's and I'm good. very good at managing my time now and having a really heavy schedule. So... oh absolutely laws always talks about like i mean there's been obvious things that you've been able to take from your degree laura like um i mean she's always the one that's reading through our contracts and everything (laughs) that we have to go through but um you know you've said the same you know with your time management skill and everything laws so i can see why um how i suppose if you go through something that you study which may not be something that you actually pursue as a career there is still things you can definitely Mm. take from it so that's awesome are you almost finished with your degree yeah, last year. This is the last year. <gasps> yes, <laughs> finally. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is going to be the best feeling when it's done. Are you going? Oh, we do- have to have a big party. <laughs> Seriously, are you going to do any more study, or are you done after this? I think for now, I'm done. Mm. Yeah, it's been t- it's taken me ten years, so I need a um I need. I'll have a little bit of a break. <laughs> <laughs> You did say, though, because it's been your norm for like 10 yeah. years now and you didn't take a break after school, it's like, well, I don't know what I'll do without studying, so maybe I'll just pick something else up. <laughs> yes, this is the mentality that people get into. They're like, oh, I'll just go and do another add-on to this and then another add-on to this, and then you're like 55 and you're still studying. <laughs> it's that, it's that uh, motivation to learn. Mm-hmm. Never a bad thing, never a no. bad thing. <laughs> Um, I want to ask you, uh, mm. you wear wigs when you perform and also the coolest outfits ever. <laughs> like you just, you're a character in, in itself every time you, you go on stage. What, like, where did that start and why do you wear wigs? Mm, such a good question. So back in the day when I first started DJing, I had like dark brown hair, which is like my natural hair color. Um, and I saw this um, Vogue editorial of Abby Lee Kershaw and she had these pink dip dyed ends and I just booked a hairdresser's appointment and like got it that day. I was like, that's me. I need dip dye tips in my hair. 
And um, slowly over time, the dye continued to creep up the length of my hair. My hair was like down to my butt back then, so really long. And then I went to the hairdresser one day and she just said, I'm not doing this anymore. You have to dye the whole thing or just chop the color off. I'm done with these tips. And I was like, okay, let's dye the whole thing. So um, dyed my whole hair like bright or baby pink, I suppose. And that was kind of just when I started DJing. And of course, super fun, had pink, had purple, had green, had blue. And the blue kind of stuck as like my iconic color. I think for a couple of reasons, probably because it was easier to maintain. It didn't wash out as fast, so it was easier to upkeep. Um, But also it probably matched my skin color. I don't know what else. Um, And so I had blue hair naturally, if you will, for maybe like, four or five or six years, Mm. maybe five years. Anyway, as you can imagine, my hair started to fall out (laughs) and it got shorter and shorter and shorter. And so then I started to have um, hair extensions in my hair because obviously my hair was falling out and I was, you know, known for my long blue hair. And then it got to a point where I was like, stuff this. I am spending one whole day every month in the salon getting new extensions, getting like a full scalp bleach and dye. Like it was just too much. Um, So I said, stuff it. And I decided to go back to natural hair, even though my hair is not natural right now, but (laughs) more natural. Um, But then I realized it was really important for my brand to have colored hair because I'd had colored hair since anyone knew me as DJ Tiger Lily. So Hmm. I had to really respect what, not what the fans wanted because I hate that, but more like Mm. what my followers knew Mm. me as um, and how they saw me and how they perceived, you know, me and my brand. Um, So I messaged my hairdresser and I was like, let's do wigs. And he was like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) I'm going to do some Googling. And so we started out with these wigs that were so bad. I can't believe I wore them. They're like plastic, 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 so fake. They looked fake. I'd have to wear like caps because you could see like the lace front at the top. Like it was a very long period of experimenting. But shout out to my hairdresser, MJ. He has stuck with me through the whole thing. And he now actually has a really successful wig business off the back Perfect. of doing the wigs. <laughs> so um, he creates all my wigs for me and um, we do all different colors, um, all different styles. Um, and it's amazing because it allows me to not only mix up my look and my personality on stage, if I'm feeling mm. like I want a full block fringe and like a short bob one night, I can do that. Or if I'm wanting like a big fiery long red wig one night, I can do that, which is awesome. But mm. it also gives me um, a little bit of privacy, I think in normal life as well. You don't see that many people with like bright blue hair around. And so I was finding that like I would be just stopped and like asked for photos and things, which is awesome and super nice. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, I think it's really important for people to have privacy in their day-to-day lives. Um, So, yeah, it's kind of I'm a a lot more inconspicuous these days, which is really nice. So it's um, been great for the health of my hair and the health of my personal life, but then Mm. also for, like, my creativity on stage because, yeah, I can do so much. My hairdresser's actually making me this wig at the moment. It's 
blue, pink, and purple, and it, like, all fades into, like, one another, the colours. Oh, like a mermaid. Yes. It's insane. It's like every girl's mermaid dream. (laughs) 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 And what is your favourite thing about your job? Honestly, this period of time has made me realise that the best thing is performing and connecting with people. There's, like, this certain energy and electricity that you have when you're on stage and I'm sure that you girls have experienced that when you're taking workouts at um, conventions and things like that there's something really empowering and special about you know having a big group of people in front of you and being able to kind of take them on a journey Um, it's pretty special and I've realized that because I've still been DJing in this period um, doing my live sets but like it's just for my dog and he really doesn't care. <laughs> and so it's still been very fun, but a lot less fun than um, if I would have had a crowd there. So I think it's just connecting with people um, in a way that's really fun and just creating memorable experiences with them and for them, for sure. Oh, I love that. And I, yeah, I think Laura would agree. Yeah, it's one thing doing the lives. It's so awesome to be able to connect that way. Mm. But um, there is definitely some sort of electric as you said connection that you have when you're up on stage and Mm. and you're seeing people smile in front of you and just kind of be doing something together it is so nice and Mm. I can only imagine as a DJ because you really do take someone on a journey through through the music you watch them move to the beats you put out there so it Mm. must be so incredible um what do you think the biggest misconception is about you out there Oh my God, there's so many. (laughs) (laughs) The biggest one I think is that I can't actually DJ or produce music or write music. And I'm just like a cute girl on stage. And it is crazy to think that because I was in piano school from like the age of three. And Mm. I did for my like finals in school, my HSC, I did like four, no, three units of music, which took up like the bulk of my, you know, my bulk of my studying. So I've been like so invested in music for my whole life. So for me, it's just bizarre that people can't grasp Accept that. You. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I think the problem is that a lot of people think that girls who are um, open and quite maybe femininely and or sexually confident, like able to stand there and be like, yeah, I like how I look. I feel empowered with how I look. They don't think women like that can be smart, opinionated Mm -hmm. or talented. There's some Mm -hmm. really crazy um, disconnect there. I don't know Mm. what it is. And what was that thing that Abby told us about, Laura, that what was that thing that she told us on the podcast the other week about – it was about this exactly where women are kind of either thought to be kind of either one thing physically or um, sexually yeah. or smart or funny. Like they couldn't be all things at once. Yeah, I can't that's remember right. what it was called. Yeah, but mm. basically along those lines, it's just that we can't be all those things. And if we are, people don't like it. So they always have to make a reason, come up with a reason why, why mm. we're not. And that would be for you, Dara, people saying things like, oh, obviously she can't do her own music. Like she can't because, you know, she's so good at playing in, in real life. So obviously it can't be her music. But it's so sad that people have to, I suppose, mm. take that away from you. How do you deal with that? It's frustrating and it honestly used to crush me. I used to get Mm. so, 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 so upset because I'd spent 
hours in my bedroom mm. googling how to do things and practicing the same like these DJ things over and over again to make sure I got them so right. I used to want to put like mixes up where there was a camera just on my hands so you could just see what my hands were doing. I never did that because my old manager at the time kind of said that's playing into exactly what people want to see and they will be able to see then that this is obviously something that you're really trying to prove. And often Mm. the more you try to prove something, then the more trolls will kind of jump onto that. Mm. Um, But I was actually filming a whole heap of um, like sets yesterday and we did have a camera above me and one on my hands as well as like one of like the whole um, the whole room. So it's one of those things that I've learned to just let go now as we do in our slightly older age, (laughs) just be like, whatever. And you know what? It's really lovely. Um, on social media, often when someone comments something like that, there'll be a fan that's come to a show and watched me and been like, go to hell with your comment. I see what she can do. I know exactly. Or like someone that I've ridden a track with or whatever will be like, shut up. This is not right. Like I know exactly what this girl can do. So it's nice to have people sticking, um, sticking up for me. But I think my approach to it these days is to just kind of like let it wash over me and not let it concern me because at the end of the day, the only person that's really hurting is myself. If I stew on, you know, people's opinions. Mm. That's such a nice way to think about it. I think we get it all the time. People always say, do you actually work in the business? Like, obviously, you, you don't. You're just the face of it. And I think we always, we, we kind of wanted to not fight it, but you want to be like, no, well, no, this is what we really do. But then you get to a point. It's like a peaceful place where you feel like you don't need to prove it to others. So it's so nice that, that you've got there. We wanted to ask as well, being a part of the music industry, Do you ever feel pressure to kind of look a certain way or be a certain size because of Mm. the industry? Mm. This is a really interesting question. I think that the pressure to look a certain way or be a certain size comes from me feeling most confident when I feel fit and healthy doesn't necessarily mean skinny because I'm definitely more muscly than skinny, which is great. And I'm happy about that. Um, I think for me, I feel most confident when I'm fit and healthy, but I can see how there is a pressure from the industry to look a certain way and whether it is, um, sexy or cute, Mm. appealing, mysterious. I think that there is definitely a really important part of becoming a DJ is the branding and that Mm. includes visual branding, right? And so that's why the blue hair and the wigs tie so well into creating an iconic look, which is memorable. Um, And look, let's be honest, a cool looking girl standing on stage is going to be much more enticing than a guy wearing a black t-shirt, black jeans and a black cap so you can't see his face. And whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't quite know. It kind of just is the way it is. And Mm. I feel lucky to be confident in the way that I look um, to kind of use it to my benefit. However, um, I don't let it necessarily affect the way I feel about myself. Um, Mm. As I mentioned before, like 
when I'm feeling healthy, I'm like, you know, doing lots of jogs and my at-home weights and whatever else it might be, eating a nice diet. Don't get me wrong. I still eat a lot of shit and like (laughs) drink a lot of wine. But when I know that I'm generally looking after myself is when I feel most confident about myself. So I'm able to perform to my best. Um, A prime example is say if I've got like a stomach ache or period pain and I feel bloated. So I've got massive boobs and like a bloated stomach (laughs) because I'm just, you know, about to get my period. Performing then sucks because you just feel like shit and you don't particularly (laughs) want to be on stage. So it definitely, um, the way that I look and feel definitely affects the way that I perform. But Mm. I think it's more from like a self-confidence perspective as a way as opposed to me feeling like the industry is pressuring me Puts to that pressure on you. look a certain way. But in saying that, that's just my experience. Like I'm yeah. sure other women have had totally different experiences which might not have been like as positive. Mm, Actually, totally. I will add one thing there. When I was a bit younger, um, I kind of went through this stage where I would always wear like jeans and baggy tees to gigs because mm. I thought that if I wore like a sexy outfit – that like people wouldn't take me seriously. That was in mm-hmm. the, the the beginning phase where people were questioning my ability. And then mm-hmm. I just got to a phase where there were all these awesome outfits that I really wanted to wear. And I was like, fuck it. Yeah. I'm going to wear these outfits. Yep. <laughs> I don't care what people say. And <laughs> yeah. so then I, you know, got my sequin leotard and my high boots and all these yeah. awesome things and just rocked them. <laughs> I think that's awesome. I think it's really nice to see you, I suppose, so confidently um, put yourself out there and and wear what you wear and, and do it with such confidence. I think it's awesome. And that message to just wear exactly what you want to wear as you said and not worry about what it's going what people are going to think or anything is oh hello (laughs) this is Lenny (laughs) oh my gosh yeah I think um, I think it's important like I sometimes look in the mirror and I laugh I'm like wow I'm 28 and I am wearing a fluoro one piece like faux leather (laughs) little shorts um like biker boots and like this crazy (laughs) wig but like I feel fun. I'm loving yeah. it. And you know Good. what? A lot of my girlfriends who um, might work in like finance or whatever they might do where they don't get an opportunity to dress up will come over to my um, house, pick out <laughs> outfits, put on wigs, and they'll come to my show dressed up in these cool outfits. Oh, that's awesome. Because they just want to dress up and have fun, you know, like being a girl. I know I love to dress up and I know loads of my friends do as well. So it's nice to be able to have the opportunity to um, be creative through visual presentation as well. That's awesome. Mm. That's awesome. You mentioned before about f- when you feel really good is when you really look after yourself and you're staying active. Um, you do speak a lot about wellness over your socials and how important it is to you. And then you mentioned before as a kid, it was something that you grew up with, you know, with a sporty family and being outdoorsy and everything. Mm. What does the word wellness mean to you? Mm. I love the word wellness. It encompasses like everything. So for me, it's physical, mental, spiritual, emotional. Um, It's all those things. And as women, we really struggle to compartmentalize our lives into different, um, into different columns. Unlike our lovely male counterparts, they can just (laughs) compartmentalize everything and be done with it. So for us, I think that often if one of these things is off, our whole life will kind of be a little bit off. So for me, um, it's about sleeping, it's about drinking loads of water, loads of green juice, 
um, connecting with my boyfriend, with my family, with my friends, making sure I'm financially healthy and feeling not stressed about those kind of things. And then also making sure that like I'm, you know, meditating, running, doing my yoga, doing my Pilates, doing everything that keeps me like physically um, well as well. It's a lot. It's hard work to be well. (laughs) It's stressful. (laughs) It's so nice to hear you put it in that way, though, as like a really holistic approach because I think it is. Mm. It's so much more than just exercise and diet. What we thought our community could really benefit from from you is that you're obviously in a job that is, you know, there's a lot of alcohol at nightclubs. Um, It's really late nights. There's, it's not like you can go to a normal restaurant at 3 a.m. if you're hungry for dinner. How do you find, I suppose, the balance of health in your life? And for anyone that might be struggling that might work, sh- might do shift work or, you know, work in the entertainment industry, what advice would you give to them for, I suppose, finding that balance? I love proving people wrong that you can <laughs> be like a shift worker or an entertainer and still be healthy. It is the bomb. Um, <laughs> I just think it is so important for people to realize that they have control over their health and they have options and your career does not necessarily need to define what your behaviors are and like how your health, what your health outcomes are. Um, so I think for people in these type of industries, sleep is most important. It's more important than exercise. It's more important than eating something healthy. Like sleep is honestly the most important thing. So if you're a shift worker, it's about trying to find some sort of routine in the lack of routine. Um, I know I used to be a pretty bad sleeper, but now I've learned to become a really great sleeper because my body obviously requires that and I really need to respect that. Um, I think a lot of the time people have these crazy um, schedules and expectations of themselves, but like my morning routine, the first thing is wake up. Do I need more sleep? If the answer is yes, go back to sleep. (laughs) Like it's so important to get that sleep. Um, I think that another thing that's really important for me is, um, I have this thing that I do every day and it's called a micronutrient smoothie. And I put in it, Carrot, tomato, cucumber, zucchini, lettuce, spinach, kale, uh, avocado, blueberry, banana, mushrooms. And then I add in like like a vegan smoothie supplement. Oh, and nuts as well. Um, Almonds, walnuts and uh, Brazil nuts. Mm. And this smoothie for me has been game changing because within all the things that I put into it, it's like everything in your crisper in a smoothie. (laughs) Yeah. It actually doesn't taste that bad. Um, (laughs) It ensures that like I'm getting all the micronutrients I need into my body for the day. I think health can be like super overwhelming. So finding something like that, that works for me. um, So I have my smoothie, let's say I'm back working, have my smoothie on a Friday Arvo and then I head to the airport because I'm flying down to Melbourne to play a club show. It doesn't necessarily matter if I have, you know, pizza for dinner or like a late night takeout, whatever it might be, because I know I've had like the bulk of like my nutrition for the day in that Mm. previous meal. Um, If the people that are listening want to know more about it, I got it from a girl called Dr. Rhonda Patrick. And um, she's really awesome. She's actually not vegan, which I wouldn't usually like necessarily follow someone like that because, as you guys know, I'm pretty passionate about that. Hmm. But she's really smart and really awesome and knows her shit 
when it comes to nutrition. Um, mm. So I think that empowering yourself, back to the question, sorry, just took a roundabout <laughs> way, empowering yourself to, um, well, with information that allows you to make good decisions is mm. so important. So prioritizing sleep and then just learning as much as you can is mm. going to really help. Like having little tricks like that is just game changing because it allows mm. you to kind of maintain your health while, you know, having a really busy, crazy lifestyle or working crazy hours. Yeah. And I think that it was great when you said like, it's, it's their option. They have the option. And I think, um, obviously what you do is, um, you have, you let yourself have that balance and flexibility where, you know, if you're out late and you're with some friends and you want to have pizza or you want to go and have takeout, it's totally fine. But when you've got the time, you put in that time and effort to make sure that you're getting all the nutrients and fiber and everything that you need in your diet to keep going. And I think that's, that's, what's really important. I think um, that's something I even try and do, you know, I might not necessarily have like a, a wholesome nutritious food for breakfast, lunch and dinner every day, but I make sure when I can, or when I've got the option that I choose that option. And maybe if I don't choose that option, it's, it's not like a full day of like breakfast, lunch and dinner and snacks in between are all like super processed. And then, then we're going to do that the next day as well. It's, it's finding what balance works for you. And that's awesome that you found like incorporating that kind of smoothie with all of those nutrients mm-hmm. in it has helped you have that balance. And I think that's a, it's a really good tip. So and you know thanks what? for sharing that. Even if it is processed for breakfast, lunch and dinner, like, <laughs> and it works for you, right? <laughs> we went to, um, prime example is like holidays, right? Mm. We went to Japan earlier in the year. We always go skiing, um, like a couple of times a year to, I don't know, that's just our thing. And we go with a big group of us and it's like a croissant for breakfast or a black coffee for breakfast. It's like some sort of something for lunch. And then like mm-hmm. well, in Japan, it was Japanese for dinner. Um, but a lot of the time it, for me, it was pretty processed stuff because the vegan options mm. were good, but not like incredible. And then totally. it was wine and it was champagne and it was sake and cocktails <laughs> and then late night snacks. And then back to it the next day for like two weeks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You feel like shit at the end of two weeks, <laughs> but like you had a really fun time and now yeah. back to your routine again. And I think the most important thing is when people do kind of fall off the health bandwagon if you're worried about it, that stress is going to like yeah. manifest in your body. The best mm. thing you can do is just be like, cool, I had a great time skiing yep. and drinking wine yep. and now I'm going to have green smoothies. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, have this confidence about you. You seem so strong um, and confident. And you were speaking before about, you know, when you were you're younger, you weren't necessarily the cool kid or anything like that. Did you ever struggle with confidence or is it something you feel like you've always kind of had? Mm, absolutely. I definitely did. In primary school, I was confident, but I don't necessarily think I was, you know, in the cool group. So able to really shine. Yeah, <laughs> shine for sure. And then um, in high school, I was definitely confident, but I did have a few years where I really was not confident and I had a lot of like body image issues, um, which was really hard in my like late, well, I suppose 16 to 20. Yeah. So Mm. late teens, I really Mm. struggled with body confidence and self-confidence. And I think I was confident on the outside, but I was really struggling with that on the inside and as much as it was super hard, I'm very glad that I went through it because right now I have like an awesome relationship with my body. And I think it's because I had such a shitty relationship now that I was 
because I did have such a shitty relationship with it, mm. I now realize how awesome it is and how blessed I am to have it. such a great yeah. relationship with my body. And that took me such a long time to, I suppose, fix that confidence from a really honest place and like an honest level. Um, and it took, I like worked with a hypnotherapist for years. She was amazing. She like saved my life. She was just brilliant. Um, and I really encourage people to like, if they are struggling with confidence, whether it's to do with body image, whatever it might be to go and reach out for help and to, you know, speak to people because if I hadn't, I remember when I went and started to see her, I remember crying to my mum being like, I need to focus on my studies, but I'm just feeling so crappy about my body. I I can't focus. All I want to do is to like be out running and to try and be like super thin. And mum was like, oh my gosh, okay, let's get you some help and found this awesome hypnotherapist. And like, if I hadn't had that moment where I like was open with my mum, then we, Mm. I never would have gotten better. And I know Mm. that a lot of my friends to this day are in their thirties and still struggling with confidence and self-love. And it's awful to see, you know, these women still struggling with that. And don't get me wrong. I still compare myself to people all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It is so bad. And I still have days where I feel shit. Last week I had my period and I felt like crap like really Mm. I sat on the lounge I was like Scott I look pregnant and (laughs) I'd be happy if I was pregnant but I don't even have a baby (laughs) (laughs) emotional 101 and so Mm. I just think that like look normally I'm really confident you caught me on (laughs) on a good week but like I definitely have periods of time especially when I'm hormonal where I'm not super confident as well so it definitely Mm. is something that um that takes practice. How do you deal with self-doubt? Give myself little uh, little pep talks. I think the best thing that someone can do for themselves when they're having self-doubt is like list 10 things that they love about themselves and imagine you were talking to your best friend. So say if my best friend was like, I'm so shit at my job. I'm not going to do well today. We've got a big meeting. I'd be like, you've got this girlfriend. You're going to go in there. You're going to smash it. You're going to impress your boss. You're going to get a pay rise. And so just say that to yourself. I think Mm. we're so harsh um, with our internal voices and the way we speak to ourselves. Um, And I think that if we spoke to ourselves the way we spoke to our friends far out, Mm. we'd be so much better off. And don't get me wrong, I still have days where like that voice inside my head is like, I don't know what it might be saying last week. Who knows what it was saying last week? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I was a mess last week. But like, you know, we all have those times and it's okay as long as you have that ability to flick that switch in your brain when you know that it's time to start, you know, giving yourself that self-love again for sure oh yeah yeah Mm. totally I love that message of speaking to yourself like a like a friend I think that's awesome um is there anything that scares you what do you what are you most afraid of spiders (laughs) 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 if I'm gonna be completely honest with you I think loneliness scares me the most Mm. um Mm. I feel like I have been so lucky in my life to have been surrounded by awesome friends awesome family Um, And now Scott and I have been together for ages, so got a great relationship. But the thought of losing him or 
um, a family member, that absolutely like devastates me and and scares Mm. me a lot. And I think getting older as well, something I've been really thinking about lately, especially with this coronavirus stuff, is like trying to balance being an empowered female businesswoman, but then also deciding when do you have kids Mm. and how do you manage being a mother as well as a businesswoman? And not only that, how do you not lose yourself in Mm. all of that? Because I know right now, as you girls probably experience, business takes up so much time. And when you own your own business, you work so hard because you Mm. see direct results from your actions and you really want things to work. You're building an empire, you're building a brand, you're building a name and it's got your face on it, which is so important. Um, So something that I've definitely been thinking about and probably worrying about a bit too much is like how that's going to balance out in the future. Because being a woman, you know, wanting to have kids and have a family, but then also feeling like you have a responsibility to yourself to not only look after yourself personally, but then also your brand and your family and your relationships. Mm. It's a lot. So it's definitely something that I've been thinking about lately and maybe worrying about a bit too much. Yeah, I, that's it's such a hard one. I, I think about that all the time as well. And I suppose especially when you love your your job and your career and your business so much, thinking of, I suppose, loving something more and putting something else before that. Like a child, to me at the moment, I'm like, I, I can't imagine it. And it is it is really hard because I think no one really prepares you. And I think speaking to any mums, that, that's what they say. Um, but, mm. you know, it is, it is hard. Of, obviously, it's amazing how in, in a lot of relationships now, if it's between, you know, two women or a man and a woman, whatever it might be, I find now that it is more equal in, well, in, I hope in, in a lot of families, more equal in the support, but the woman still has to be the person who carries the child. And, you know, that, especially for you in the entertainment industry, like that has, that'll change a lot. So yeah, I totally understand where, where you come from. Yeah, it's really interesting. And a lot of women are changing the game now, like they're DJing and performing and singing right up until like (laughs) they're popping. It's insane. But I know for me, I think I, I don't think I'd want that. Mm. I think I just really want privacy and time. And you really never know how you're going to feel. Like some people have the most easy breezy pregnancy and other people are vomiting every single day, (laughs) feeling awful, exhausted. And so I think that you just never really know like what your body and life is going to throw at you. But then also thinking about, yeah, how much I love my job. Obviously, I've now realized in this period of time, it's the best thing. So I don't want to particularly give that up (laughs) anytime soon. So yeah, balancing all of that and managing your life and relationships, which also takes so much time is going to be very interesting. I think I'm definitely going to be an iPad mom. <laughs> and I think you, you'll definitely be able to do it. I think it's awesome. And um, any woman listening to this that does want to have kids, I suppose it's really important to remember that you can have your career and you can have kids. Mm, but absolutely. obviously you just have to find the way that it balances. What are you most proud of in your life, Dara? Mm, I love this question. Um, I'm really proud of maintaining who I am and not letting any experiences, relationships or success change my personality. 
Um, I know that all my friends that know me from when I was like 10 or 11 know that I'm still like the same weirdo that I was back then. (laughs) Um, And so I think that that's something that I'm really proud of is maintaining um, empathy for everyone um, and staying true to who I am and not letting, you know, experiences or, yeah, success um, get to me because I have seen it change so many people around me Mm. and it's really sad because people definitely um, lose themselves when they have different experiences in their life. Mm. Oh, totally, totally. Mm. And props to you for that. I I love that. Um, What about, I suppose, what's your most recent learning about yourself? Mm. For a while I thought I was kind of like stuck in um, I suppose a cycle or like a routine and that was me and that was my life and it wasn't bad whatsoever. It was just like how things were. And lately I've been really pushing myself to get out of my comfort zone and do things that make me feel uncomfortable, to sit with emotions that kind of feel weird. Um, And I have been learning that I am so much more flexible and resilient than I knew. Mm. And that I'm, if I want to do something, I can really do it. Um, Often we are our own worst enemies and we self-sabotage so much, sometimes without even knowing it will be self-sabotaging. And so you kind of think, oh, I'll never be able to do A, B and C. It just doesn't work with my life for whatever reason. Um, And yeah, lately I've learned that if I want to do something, I actually can do it. It might not be comfortable, but that's okay. (laughs) <laughs> that, that's amazing and, and with that mindset what are your goals for the next few years how long do we have <laughs> <laughs> um I definitely would love to still continue DJing I'm actually not sure if that what's going to happen with my career like I initially thought that I'd probably be back DJing around August but now I, I don't think I'll be DJing maybe until next year which is a bit of a hard realization um I'm actually working on starting up a um, another business, which is really mm-hmm. fun. Um, hopefully, it's all going to come to fruition very soon. Um, the concept, the basic concept behind it is um, like home cooked vegan food. Um, so that's kind of like the basic idea, and we're working on that at the moment to try and bring it to reality, which will be really fun. Aligning another passion of mine, kind of, mm. and hopefully using my audience to. I suppose, project that. Um, mm. So that's really fun to be working on something a little bit different at the moment that's allowed me to um, be creative um, in a space that I'm still passionate about. So definitely music, definitely vegan vibes. Um, <laughs> and then I definitely would love to have kids as we just spoke about, um, but I'm still figuring out how that is going to work when it comes mm. to um when it comes to all my other goals. So mm. I don't know what that's going to be like or look like. So you guys are You'll just going to have to watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted um, an animal sanctuary as like every crazy vegan <laughs> does. And I always say to Scott, let's just do it. I'll buy the property. I'll get the, start adopting all the animals. And he just looks at me like, you are so unrealistic for all these expectations. <laughs> so I need to create some sort of priority list for what I'm going to do. But there'll be animals and hopefully babies and 
yeah, hopefully music still for a while, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, I love that. I think you are absolutely going to figure it out um, for sure, whatever it looks like over the next few years. Oh, I feel like thanks, you'll be able yeah. to balance out all three. Um, now, lastly, we love finishing on a question like this. If you could give your 18-year-old your self a piece of advice, what would it be? Mm, this is such a hard one because I feel like choosing one piece of advice for your 18-year-old self is so difficult. The one thing that I have to say is look after your health. And I know that might sound really lame and really boring, but for a really long period of time, I prioritized work way too much. I was like traveling nine months of the year, partying way too much. And as a result of that, everything in my life started to crumble. Um, Obviously my health, um, career, relationships, family, all of it started to kind of deteriorate because I wasn't looking after me. Um, And that's kind of why I mentioned before, it's so important to look after yourself in all of this. Um, When I started to really take my health seriously, I kid you not, my career went like exponentially better. I found really good relationships. Um, My friendships and my relationships with my family became so much better. And not only that, my relationship with myself became so much better because I had respect for my body um, and for my mind. You know, it's not just physical health. So, yeah, I would have loved 18-year-old me to be a little bit more respectful of her mind and her body. But you know what? (laughs) You live and you learn. If I hadn't (laughs) trashed it for a minute, I don't think I would have got to where I was. So, yeah, (laughs) grateful for all the experience. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I think um, our community will just benefit so much from all of your incredible advice. So thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and share with us um, and, yeah, for all of your words of wisdom. We, We really appreciate it. Oh, girls, it's been so nice to chat with you both. I feel like we're all just grinning. (laughs) (laughs) We literally have been the whole Zoom call with all these smiles. (laughs) It's so, so nice. Thank you so much. And um, thanks for taking the time to ask me questions. And thank you to everyone listening. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed that chat. We'll pop Dara's info in the show notes so you can find her on Insta. But we have a very special topic we'd like to chat about before we head off today. Yes, we do. And that is the ovaries campaign that we Mm. are a part of with our awesome kick PT that you know, Dan Kennedy. (laughs) So Steph and I this year have done a photo shoot in our undies and the undies are actually called ovaries because they are for a special cause so through bonds jockey and bras and things you can buy these special undies ovaries and a hundred percent of the profits from these undies goes towards ovarian cancer australia uh, if you haven't heard much about ovarian cancer it is a really scary disease there is no Uh, early detection test and so we need to raise money in order to get an early detection test because the symptoms are so I suppose Mm. they're so broad and so so things that we feel all the time the main symptoms are bloating and fatigue Mm. yeah it's it's really scary when you I think when Laura and I both learned all the facts it was just um, a no-brainer to jump on board this campaign and try and push, I suppose, and educate as many people as possible on this. Um, I know I'm not alone in thinking it, but I used to think that pap smears, regular pap smears, were some sort of detection test for ovarian cancer, and that is 
completely incorrect. Um, but I know I'm not alone in that. The statistics say that over 50% of the community thinks the same. So it's really important to, I suppose, read up. We'll obviously put the link in our show notes um, so that you can see, um, read up more on ovarian cancer, of course. But as Laws said, you can go and buy some ovaries and 100% of the profits will go towards them to hopefully find that cure. Um, and to support the cause. So we're very proud to be a part of their campaign, um, proud to be there with Danny as well. It was really nice shooting with him. <laughs> he was quite <laughs> nervous. It was really fun. So the other way you can get involved is by joining a special Keep It Cleaner and Ovarian Cancer Australia workout that we are doing on Friday. It is at 12.30 p.m. It is a Pilates workout. We have got a dance warm up as well. We're going to make it lots of fun. <laughs> so come on and do that workout. I'll be streaming through the Keep It Cleaner Instagram uh, and on our Facebook as well. So we hope that you can join us there. Lozzie, are you going to rock your ovaries over your tights? Absolutely. I will be wearing my ovaries undies on top of my tights and if anyone has them, we would we would love for you to do the same too. Yeah. So that's this Friday. Um, at the 8th of May, guys. Um, and, yeah, if you want to hear more from us, we'll be back with another podcast next Wednesday. And, as always, you can find us on Instagram as well, at Cleaner, at laura.henshaw or at stephclairsmith. And more info on Kick at www.keepercleaner.com.au. Bye, guys. Bye.